Y'all ready for this? Hey, welcome to Downtown Sasquatches! An exploration into all things Degrassi. I'm Tori Fagenbush. And I'm Luke Fagenbush. And we just wrapped up season one. Welcome to season two. They go there this season. They they went there last season, but they were not kidding about going there. And you know what that means. More episodes the N either demanded alterations to or just pulled entirely until they could get the alterations they wanted. Uh, American censorship is is pretty, it's so rad. It's so so radical. Um, (laughs) America was not thrilled about some of the realness that they brought. Last week we recapped season one, so... We can't possibly recap all of season one right now. So if you're interested in that, um, go listen to the rest of the damn episodes. Ashley ruined everything. The end. Yeah. Her life, mostly, and everything else. Yeah. So this season, season two, was produced by Epitome Pictures and CTV. The executive Mm. producers are Epitome Pictures CEO and Degrassi co-creator Linda Schuler. And her husband, the other creator, Epitome President, Stephen Stone. Degrassi, the next generation co-creator, Jan Moore, was the creative consultant. And David Lowe was the line producer for this season. All good friends. Yeah. And by the end of 2003, the season was nominated or won several awards. Uh, The Gemini Awards. They named Degrassi uh, the next generation, obviously. The Best Children's or Youth Fiction Program or Series and nominated for Best Short Dramatic Program. And it won Best Interactive Category for its uh, Degrassi.tv website. What? And it won Best Website in that category as well. They're on the net. Yeah, the Degrassi website was cool. Um, you can kind of see it on the Wayback Machine, but I wish I could have a version I could truly interact with because some of it was behind like a login. Oh. So you had to be a quote unquote Degrassi student to have access to all of it and you can't do that with the you way were back a Degrassi machine. student no I wasn't regrettably um, oh man because I wasn't this into the show I just watched it whenever it was on the end and my parents weren't around and I couldn't get yelled at for watching it they were big fans of American censorship yeah yeah okay Luke's ding 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 IMDB corner <laughs> IMDB actually kind of brought it for uh the, these episodes for the beginning and came up with an actual trivia fact. So I've got I've got one for part one and one for part two. Okay, I'll just... so let's hear the part one now before I give us the the cold hard credits. Okay, cool. Part one, fun fact. Locked and loaded. After Jake Epstein, who plays Epstein? Epstein. Who plays Craig? Finished these episodes, the director asked him if he needed a therapist to come in after shooting. Damn. Yeah. So that's a good clue in for any listeners that haven't or aren't watching the show. I'm not sure what would lead you to this episode on this podcast if you haven't, but just so you know, we're going to get into some pretty heavy stuff this episode. Yeah, and heavier than we have to this point. So these episodes, uh, When Doves Cry Part 1 and 2, are named after the song When Doves Cry by Prince. The artist formerly known as Prince. Okay. The Canadian air date was September 29th, 2002. The original U.S. air date was October 7th, 2002. So they're finally syncing up a little bit. 
creator credit, Linda Schuler and Kit Hood, written by Jan Moore and Aaron Martin, which means they did the story and the teleplay. And it's directed by our boy Bruce, Bruce McDonald. Hell yeah. Uh, Love me some Bruce. Pat Mastroianni. I can't pronounce his name. I'm Mastroianni. Mastroianni. That's my best. Uh, Sorry about it, Pat. The The guy who plays Joey Jeremiah, he seems really cool on Instagram. He was plugging his nephew or niece's dog business, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, earlier this week. And Jake Epstein, they were added to the opening credits, and they changed the music a little bit to make it a little longer, added some more vocalizations so they could have those two cast members. Yeah, make room for Joey. He's a fun time. Yeah, it's the first appearance of Craig Manning, like mm-hmm. you said, played by Jake Epstein. He was recently in Umbrella Academy and other oh, things. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's been promoting it a lot on his Instagram. Cool. On the Downtown Sasquatch's Instagram, we only follow other Degrassi podcasts or Degrassi enthusiasts, so like accounts and Degrassi cast members. If you're a casual, I wouldn't get my hopes up. Well, it, we don't follow people. It's like the Degrassi CSI account. If you're into Degrassi, look up the Degrassi CSI account. They have some good stuff. Shout out. They do their homework. So... The Degrassipedia was wrong here on their fun facts. They said, hmm. this is the first episode from which Manny Santos is absent. But I, we just watched the episodes like twice. She's in it. <laughs> she's in both parts. <laughs> Very briefly, but she's in them. So with that, we will get into this episode. The, these episodes are the ones we were afraid of when we started this podcast. Yeah, it's not the lighthearted romp I wanted to start season two with. But but we end with a little romp with the with the B plot. We'll put our so. rompers on. We'll get rompy. Yeah, but that's for later. But now we have our business suit formal wear on for dealing with heavy subjects. We're We've wearing got... our denim Canadian tuxedos. Yes. And we are all business. Okay, so it opens kind of creepy, I would say. Yes. There is a camera, and we don't see the cameraman, but it's taking pictures of Joey, Emma, and um, Angela, the Joey's child, just playing in some good summer wet fun. And uh, Angela, or Angie, is mm-hmm. played by Alex Steele, Cassie Steele's younger sister in real life, who oh. is the girl who plays Manny. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, she's cute as a button, this kid. She goes on to play um, a different character in like season 10 or 11 um, that goes to the school, but not Joey's daughter. Yeah, so um, we get these fun summer shots and then the camera turns around to reveal who is taking these pictures and it is our boy who hasn't mentioned his name yet, Craig. The shot feels so creepy though. Yeah, yeah. And for all, at that point, he was a stranger. We don't know who this kid is. We the the last season opened with Emma almost getting abducted by a pedophile. So we opened the next <laughs> season with her in the viewfinder of a camera of a character we don't know. <laughs> that, <laughs> like, what is this, Bruce? You directed both of those. Was that intentional? Yeah, that would be like a fun construct for Degrassi. Just every single season ends up with Emma being kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be a fun um, little gag in the show yeah just a running gaff 
But um, uh, then Joey like kind of squints, like he's like, "Is someone there?" He's and always kind of squinty, but he yeah. squints harder. I don't know if he saw Craig or like Craig was like, "He might see me. I'm getting too close." Yeah, and he, he runs away. Craig. Craig does that a lot. He's he's an easy spook, and he runs away at the drop of a hat. I mean, it's understandable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we we For cut- reasons we'll go over. W- immediately so we're cutting to craig's house and and we see craig's dad played by hugh dillon a stephen king looking guy and it's not just that the actor kind of looks like stephen king he's got these big framed glasses he looks like a character he would write about yeah and he's none too happy he's like soft-spoken but pretty intense so bruce mcdonald did his horror movie magic on this man well interestingly enough before we get into the uh it goes there of it all uh hugh dylan is a singer and actor who was the lead vocalist of a band called the headstones and he did a lot of tv and a lot of film and his first large acting role was in a Bruce McDonald film, Dance Me Outside, in 1995. And then he played a leading role in another uh, uh, Bruce McDonald film in 1996 called Hardcore Logo. Huh. So I I wonder if this was a casting pull from the director himself. Yeah, we know Bruce McDonald isn't afraid to plug his own shit. Like <laughs> Yeah, and he's the co-creator and executive producer and also a series regular of the uh, Paramount Plus series Mayor of Kingstown right now. So I think I've heard of that. He Check that out. I haven't seen it, but he sells this role. Yeah, he's very good and it makes me uncomfortable. Yes. So uh, Alfred, his, do- his dog, his dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, that's not his name. Albert. Albert. I got his name wrong at the beginning of my notes. So Albert, his dad, meets Craig when he gets home. Calls him Craiger exactly once, I believe. Which kind of sucks because it's like, I knew what was going to happen. I'm like, oh, that's kind of a nice nickname for Craig. Yeah. And uh, Craig is, I mean, he's always a little flighty, but he looks a little nervous, but he's kind of friendly. He does his dad's like, uh, hey, what happened to six o'clock? How you doing, buddy? And he's like, oh, the lighting was just fantastic. I had to go take pictures of little kids without their knowledge. And the <laughs> yeah. lighting was great You know, for that. late summer, dad. <laughs> and then he turns into anger, dad, and says, so you miss dinner? And he shoves a plate off of the dinner table very suddenly and violently. Yeah, breaks against the wall. He... I was not expecting that because he is so soft-spoken. Like, so, oh, so what happened to dinner time? Then boom. Yeah. And uh, he says, I don't care how great the light is. When I say six, you're home. And Craig is like, okay. And then he tells him to clean it up. Mm -hmm. And whatever it takes. This is... Okay, these episodes are very, very heavy. But one of my favorite things is to go from something like this into the just most cheerful theme song ever. It, this is one of a prime example of Degrassi using their cheerful, hopeful children's <laughs> choir sung theme song in it's not I wouldn't I don't know if I'd call it effective, but it, it cracks me up as a longtime fan. Definitely. Yeah, because it's a very intense scene. <laughs> As we look into Craig's eyes and realize this isn't the first time something like this has happened, then we're interrupted by a children's choir. Yeah. That's great. We see Ashley and Terry grooving in the choir while Jimmy's playing basketball. It's a little good time. <laughs> yeah, they're all having fun. 
But after the credits, uh, Craig is dropped off by his dad. He doesn't need a ride home. I can't Well, this is the next day before school. He's dropping him off at school. Yeah, first day of school. We're we're back and Emma and Manny be crushing on this Craig boy. Yeah, they they're swooning over Craig as they're walking into school and they high five wearing boxing gloves, yeah. which we see Manny with boxing gloves again later and I think this was just th- there were no deleted scenes with boxing gloves. I don't know what dropped plot that was about, <laughs> but they come up too often for them to be yeah. like nothing. Did they just have some boxing gloves? I but they were each wearing one and then they high fived each other even though they were kind of tied together. And Sean uh in the hall runs into Craig. Yeah. Which- and Sean is Sh- Jimmy has just insulted Sean, which we'll get to in the next storyline. Mm-hmm. But it after some some conflict a little bit, uh, like C- Sean almost runs into Craig and is like, "Is this a school for blind people too?" And he really gets his ass there. But Craig immediately wins him over by being like, "Nah, man, I'm not blind." And then some girl calls him cute, and Sean's like, "My man, best friend here." Sean sees his value and immediately changes his tone. He's like, "Oh, this guy can help me get girls. What's up? I'll show you Sweet. around. I need one of those." <laughs> and so this is the first time the dialogue really addresses what's happening. Snake is saying to the class how. The the schools have merged and it's good for the district. So the Degrassi Community School is not only a middle school now, but a high school as well. Yes, it is a zoo. And this is the last season the cast will feature any middle school characters in the next generation. Cool. Um, well, is this where Craig is asleep in class and Snake kind of prods him awake? Yeah. The late night and... Craig, who I have, Craig, who I have labeled my uh, uh, manic pixie dream boy, is prodded awake, and he's he's got the quips. He he just while waking up, he's like uh, late night. He's like, yeah, I was up all night in anticipation for this exact moment, and he immediately went snake over. That's a charming ass manic pixie dream boy right there snake was wearing a suit jacket by the day by the yeah. way he was uh dressed up for the first day of snake school. has upped his game he's bringing it is he still teaching media immersion it seems like he he was in the computer lab for homeroom yeah i feel like homeroom is not like a class necessarily mm. it's like a free period yeah or... we had that so um but it seems like the class that he's based in he still does teach um computer shit cool um well, Craig, next scene is taking more pictures this of kids. This is even creepier because he's on the other side of a fence and she's like at school or something. Well, it's it's one of those artistic shots to show how tortured he is. He's taking pictures of kids through a chain link fence. It'll probably be in black and white. Well, and Angie greets Craig from the other side of the fence and has been like, you've been gone forever. And let me take your picture. And Craig doesn't trust Angela or he doesn't like his picture taken because he resisted. And then the next scene, a little bit. we see Angie holding the car- the camera and he's telling her how it works. And he makes a funny face. And they seem to have like a genuinely good relationship. And this is uh, the first time we get some context for who this little girl is to Craig that yeah. he's just been taking <laughs> pictures of. who Craig is to us. Like Yes. <laughs> So besides just like the cute new boy shaking up the scene at Degrassi Community (laughs) School, 
She invites Craig to go, quote unquote, visit mommy with her dad, who from what we've seen is Joey. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're at least half brother. Like they're related somehow if they share a mother. Yeah. And he reminds her not to tell Joey that they've been seeing each other and that it's a secret, which is I was always taught in school that like, hey, if an adult is telling you that or like someone older is telling you that something's a secret and it feels weird, you should tell somebody. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess Angela hasn't learned that yet, huh? Oh, I guess not. Well, the next scene... Uh, jo- oh, and the oh, the go. teacher walks up and Craig flees and then asks who it was and she says, that's my brother. Yeah, he flees so much. He is a flight risk at any moment. That's the only reason people are so sus of him. If he would just stick around and explain himself every once... He's not doing anything seconds. nefarious usually. Well, taking pictures of kids is well, not it, a Well, that is pretty start. weird. Well, um, <laughs> Joey and Angela are visiting his wife's grave. Very somber moment. They brought flowers. Um, Joey's talking to Angela about her, his mom going to heaven and stuff. Yeah. And uh, guess who's in the background just taking in the scenery with his camera? Very obviously, <laughs> might I add. It's like he was he was ran away and was shocked when Joey saw him. But, like, he wasn't hiding at all. He was next to a gravestone. <laughs> I'm surprised he, he was at the distance where it it would seem correct that he walked up with them and he's like, Hey, just hanging out. And the reason Joey looked up around is because Angie mentioned that Craig said something and she's he said, you've been seeing Craig. And he looked around and saw Craig being (laughs) obvious and Craig booked it. Yeah. I mean, like most of his scenes in this, this two parter, he ends by fleeing the scene. Yeah. And so we see him uh, in his dark room at home. Yeah, developing he's got pictures, a whole ass dark room. That's pretty which cool. Is, that's pretty sick. And uh, he photo old school photoshops a picture together of him and Joey and Angela at his mom or at Joey's wife's grave. Aw, um, kind of creepy, but still. And it says the perfect family underneath. And his dad calls him to dinner. The second he hears his dad's voice, he is shaken. He mm-hmm. is. Very quickly and shakily pulling all of the pictures down of Joey and Angela and everything, shoving it in a drawer, just like hiding it all. And he he acts, uh, he's very not comfortable at dinner. Yeah. Um, his dad's like, we got roast beef, mashed potatoes, Yorkshire pudding, your favorite. And he's like, uh, yeah, totally my favorite, which... I don't know if it's actually his favorite. Maybe he doesn't want his dad to throw the food against the wall. Yeah, and then he starts, remember how mom used to make? And his dad pretty much cuts him off with his expression. Yes. Also, um, big nod to Bruce McDonald as far as tension goes. His dad has that like electric electric cover. Yeah, and it's whirring the whole time. And at a certain point, it stops. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. And his dad asked how school's going. He said he met a friend named Sean. He was cool. Mm. And his dad says, well, Joey Jeremiah called. Do you know why he would have called? And he has no idea. He hasn't seen Joey. Who's Joey? What's up with that? I mean, And, and we get more that, but... um, 
we get some context for why he asked so aggressively about Joey. He said, why yeah. would your mom leave a surgeon for a used car salesman? The mysteries of the universe are infinite to me. Yeah, we can see why he might be a little angry in his past. He's not dealing with it the correct way, but he doesn't like Joey. Yeah, so <laughs> that's when it it's confirmed that they were visiting Craig's mom's gravestone and... Angie is his half-sister. Yeah, and Craig, said, he says something interesting. He's like, I didn't call, I'm not like mom. Yeah, and he then asked, are you going to call him back? And Al- Albert says, why would I do that? In a very passive-aggressive, if not downright aggressive way. <laughs> we get a, a little peek into Craig's mindset at this time in the next scene because um and this wasn't shown on the tv airing it was only on the can i don't know even know if it was aired in canada because it was just kind of like it said it was cut out of tv but it's on the dvds yeah it was really interesting and we watched this on the dvd so we have this scene um ashley was waxing on about um something that she obviously doesn't uh, use in her life. She said, I believe that with a positive attitude and a drive to succeed, we can very well achieve anything. At least that's how I operate. And it's like, it's really not. When I encounter challenges, um, this is a broken woman just telling herself how to hold it together. Yeah, she has, it's not been a good summer for her. She has longer hair now and she looks very sad. And we don't get a lot of Ashley in this episode, but we'll get around yeah. to her next week. That's not important right now. So Craig. C- Craig gets up. <laughs> And uh, in a Viking helmet, he says, I'm Craig Manning. Thank you. And Miss Kwan's like, nah, get up. You got to do it. Do your thing. I don't know what the assignment was. I guess it was just like a monologue about yourself. Yeah. Or like introduce yourself in like an English drama class way. I don't understand. I'm confused about Miss Kwan teaching like theater. I mean, I could see it. Yeah, it's. They're real loose with It the seems like the teaching. district is strapped for cash. Um, they merged the high school and middle school. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they're they like. They can afford hats, though, because everybody has prop hats on. <laughs> There's a good scene when they're all wearing prop hats, I think, this season. I'm excited for that. It's a good one. Craig has actually a pretty good monologue. It's very ex- existential. And he's like, in a universe of. Do you have the exact thing? In an infinite universe, in, on an ins- insignificant planet, what am I? One of six billion inhabitants? Big deal. If I were to disappear, it wouldn't matter. A subatomic blip. That's like the Cliff Notes version. Nice to meet you, Craig. <laughs> yeah. And Miss Kwan's like, thank you. Very um existential. We- and then she calls our girl Heather St. Clair up, and we don't see her, obviously. Yeah, there is... I think somebody's like going to the bathroom because this wouldn't be Heather Sinclair, but in the background there is a set, are a set of cargo pants like walking around. I do want to say that we do acknowledge um, the Degrassi minis as part of our canon. Yes. And there is a Degrassi mini from Heather Sinclair's perspective, like as if you're looking through her lens. So you don't see her, obviously, Was but you see people interact with her. Cargo pants. Though. I don't think so. <laughs> I doubted it. So later, Emma and Manny are talking about Craig in the library. 
And I think it, I thought this was funny. They laugh at the idea that JT and Toby would be dateable options, which is funny to me because JT and Toby are doing the same thing because we'll get into it. But all they're talking about this episode in their plot is how they want older women. They don't want you, Anna and Danny. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know you don't want them, but they don't want you either. So how about you guys just chill on that? Like, yeah, I'm sorry. You only know four people, especially, especially you, Emma. Yeah. Calm down. So, they're talking about how cute Craig is, and the man himself walks up. Yep, and he recognizes Emma. He walks up, he's like, Emma, Emma Nelson, right? And apparently, um, what was it? She was babysitting, oh, from a wedding five they years met ago. at a wedding, yes. And uh, their parents made them dance with each other because heteronormative stuff is cute when you force it on children. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Emma is babysitting Angie after school and she is crushing on Craig. So she invites Craig to come babysit because he mentions that, you know, he's he didn't say it, but Emma said it because she realized, oh, you're Joey Jeremiah's stepson. Yeah. And I, I think. It's pretty obvious that he misses Angela and they get along pretty well. Yeah, and Emma has a crush on him, both him, her, and Manny do. And they're actually being pretty civil about it. They're not fighting over him. They're just like, ooh, he, I mean, you have an in, go for it. And they're excited because they're going to, he's going to, Emma is going to hang out with Craig. I when Craig walks away, they have the most insane giggling fit I've ever seen. I don't know if they got these kids high or... That's realistic, I think. It's exciting. It was scary. <laughs> it scared me. What's wrong with you? So, uh, we're at Joey's car lot, and he's doing a real... He's doing a bang-up job of selling cars. He says, if this car's a lemon, I'll Which squeeze lemons not. in my eyes. <laughs> Yeah, and then who rolls up in his whatever sports car? And his sunglasses. Dad. Business dad, Albert. Yep. And, and Joey is like, hey, clients, I'll be right back because I'm sensing some tense energy from sunglasses over here. Yeah, just root around <laughs> in the inside of that car. See what you like. Yeah. And Joey is like, hey, so Craig, your son my stepson misses my daughter and yeah, you know request i i think we should arrange something so they can spend time together and albert is like how about fuck no pretty, pretty much. much yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's like why would i want to do that i never want to see you again stay away i think the only thing we need to do is stay as far away from each other as possible and Joey tries to fight for Angie and Craig for a second. He's like, you know, but, you know, he's her sister or he's her brother. I can't talk today. Yeah, they're, they're siblings. siblings. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets not he doesn't get aggressive, but more stern and like yeah. scary. And Joey's a pretty intense guy anyway, but he's just like, nah, I can't deal with this. This is too much. Well, and Joey also drops on him that uh, he, when trying to convince him that, you know, Craig has been seeing Angie anyway on his own time, which Albert didn't know. Yeah, and shouldn't know. And with that, he gets in his fancy sports car and pulls, he peels out. It was loud. Yeah, big D moves over here. 
So we're outside of Emma's house. Yeah, Craig is chalk drawing with Angie, Manny, and Emma making a dinosaur. Yeah. And Spike says, dinner is served. And we see that Snake and uh, Yick are at the barbecue. Yick is a character from Degrassi High. Yeah, have we encountered him very much before? Because um, this is the first time I remember seeing him. No, we haven't. He's from the previous series, and this is the last time we see him. So he was just kind of like a little Easter egg for Degrassi High fans. Oh, fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, Joey shows up unexpectedly. He's got a present, um, and this is this is a birthday party for Spike, right? I think so, yeah. And we also see Snake and Spike getting a little cozy. I noticed that. He's yeah. got the arm around him in that deleted scene where Spike says he's single, hopefully going to change that at the end of season one. Or Snake does. Oh, yeah. I meant Snake, yeah. And Joey pulls Craig aside and says, you know, it's great to see you, but your dad doesn't want you to see me and Angie. Yeah, and he Craig tries to lie at first, but after he hears Joey talk, talk to his dad he's immediately like oh i I gotta go thanks for the hot dog (laughs) yeah and he leaves looking nervous and emma looks concerned and also hurt because she did kind of hear what was going on and for once in emma's defense like she they didn't go far from the patio in true degrassi fashion to have this private conversation right so for once she wasn't just going out of her way to eavesdrop and she looked concerned and hurt because I think she has a crush on Craig. She yeah. wanted him to stay. But also she was like, something's going on and I, I'm i concerned. Yeah, for once in a pair of episodes, I have very few problems with Emma. Yeah, she didn't invite Craig over to get him in trouble. She invited him over because he's a cute boy. She's like, oh, I have an in. I'm going to invite the cute boy over. And that's really relatable behavior. Yeah, she did do the exact thing. Uh, the exact wrong thing for Craig, but she not for a reason that. that she would know. Yeah, she usually has context that makes it like, wow, that's a bad person decision. But this time it's just like, no, that's just what like a person that was interested in a person would do in middle school and high school. Hey, Emma, congrats. You acted like a non-blameable person this time. So I don't think we can put off this uh, last scene any longer. I've been trying. <laughs> uh, me too. Craig is clearly afraid to go home when he's about to walk into the door. Uh, For good reason. He walks in the door and uh, Albert is sitting at the kitchen table just staring at the table. Yeah, like a psychopath. He doesn't look up. And Craig is like, I'm going to go to my dark room. He goes downstairs and it is trashed. Yeah. All of his equipment. There's shit on the floor. His shelves are pulled down. And... Craig's dad asks if he's looking for something over and over again and it's the photo album that has pictures of Joey and Angela and then and it's been roughed up clearly he destroyed it he starts to hit him with the photo album he pushes Craig down and he he kicks him repeatedly on the floor of the dark room and when he stops Craig is crying and writhing in pain on the ground and his camera's broken it's very hard to watch it's very hard to watch it's very intense and it's just (sighs) and that's how the episode ends guys yeah that's our still frame is that broken camera lens and if you're watching this with the series you're like 
Okay, well, can't wait to see what happens next week. And if you're listening, you might be asking yourself, why would they start a podcast so they had to talk about this? (laughs) And we're asking ourselves the same question. Do you know why? (laughs) Your dad is gay. Yeah, that is why. Those moments. It brings me back every time. Those (laughs) moments are why. So we get... Uh, the next episode, this was aired as a 60-minute special on the same night. Yeah. So the Premier two night. episodes are pretty cohesive, same writers, same directors, no credit changes. Um, so the opening is just a recap of what happened the last half hour, and it, we get the intro music. Yeah, my IMDb fun fact, um, it's going to seem a lot more somber, just given what's around it, but... Um, at the end of this episode, the AAC Kids logo after the end credits is formed into a rocket on a space computer software screen with kids heard laughing, much to the fun. Much to the fun. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, and I hate that that makes me laugh. I hate that that's funny to me. Um, thank you, Thank IMDb. you for, for that. That was a little... Um, <laughs> A moose boosh, a little palate cleanser. Yeah. I don't know if I use that right, but I'm trying to sound fancy. Um, we'll, we'll allow it. Um, uh, who's we? Okay. So Craig um, is looking at his bruises from uh, what we just described. Right back in into it, guys. <laughs> if we, you know, the only way out is through. We have a fun little B plot to talk about yeah. after this. When we're, so the more hell, we stall, the worse it's going to be. Keep walking. Yep. Uh, so he's looking at his bruises and it's before school and And it is rough. Albert drops him off. And before he leaves the car, he hands him a giant wad of cash. Hundreds. Yeah. To get a new camera, classic abuser behavior, love Mm -hmm. bombing after an incident. And, uh, he's like, I love you. And they agree. No hard feelings. And Craig goes into school. Yeah. Which I guess he's kind of forced to nod, but. I mean, what are you going to do when you're a literal child? Yeah. That power dynamic is impossible. Take the money and run. Yeah. So uh, Craig is looking at the money and pictures of Angie in the school foyer. And Emma trips and falls next to him. Like the mess she is. Yeah. And she said, you shouldn't have had to leave the party. Um, And for once, when she said I wasn't eavesdropping, it just sort of happened. She was telling the truth. Yeah. Because I feel like she said a similar thing before and it not been true. But yeah, once again, Emma, very unproblematic for an Emma. She's <laughs> just episode. acting like a normal girl this episode, which or these, these episodes. So yeah, she's, no issues. Like the party's fun until all these supposed adults started singing 80s hits, which we had a extended deleted scene. Yeah, it was really gratuitous, really long scene of Snake and Yick and Joey and um, Spike just partying. Joey had a tie around his oh, head. What were they? What were they singing? Working for the we every day. Workout. I have notes on it at the end of the episode. Okay. Well, and they plan. Um, Emma's supposed to babysit. pick Angie up from school and babysit her. Yes, and they're like, "Well, she was like, did your dad say you couldn't hang out with me?'" Mm-hmm. And uh, Craig is like, well, I who's to say that I knew you were picking up the sister I was forbidden to see from school? Yeah, and Craig knows his dad's not a reasonable person, but I, I, I can understand him wanting to make friends in a new school and just, just taking some risks. 
So we see them leaving school and Emma's holding Craig's skateboard and he says he had a good time at the barbecue. They see Angie and Craig swindles his way into taking Angie to the park. Yeah. Again, I'm not really blaming Emma for this because Craig really pressed. Like, she was like, I don't know if it's a good idea. She has I homework. Have homework and I'm supposed to be babysitting her. And Craig's like, well, we can go. And she still says no because obviously. And, right. You know, he keeps asking and Angie is so excited to see him. So she agrees. Yeah, Angela loves Craig. She really does. Yeah, she misses him and they, they love each other. So It's pretty sweet until these next few scenes. Yeah, Angela and Craig are wrestling at the park and in a, in a very... Um, sibling. Sibling-like manner. Yeah. They're just playing around. and No uh, problem so far. She hits one of his bruises and he's like, ow. And she sees the bruise and asks what happened. And he says a dinosaur that doesn't like boys named Craig got him. And then he distracts her with a little casual abduction talk. But before we get to that, Joey gets home early and sees Emma doing her homework on the porch sans Angie. Mm -hmm. And Emma does overstep her bounds a little bit, but I feel like kids think they know more than they actually do in general. So I'll forgive her for this. She's a low level Emma. Yeah. She's like, well, they went to the park together. It's only fair. They spend time together. He's her brother. And I think she misunderstood. I think she thought Joey was forbidding. Uh, yeah, them from that, seeing each that other. That would make sense. And it was less Craig's dad that was the issue. Um, but anyway, yeah. Joey's like, well, you're just her babysitter, so I'm the parent. Yeah. I'm going to go get her. Leave the parenting to me. And we see a dramatic shot of Joey running around dramatically looking for Angie and Craig while they're at an ice cream truck and Craig is giving Angie his abduction elevator pitch. Yeah, he's he's pulling out hundreds buying ice cream and he goes, you remember British Columbia and she doesn't because she was an infant and apparently it's always warm and it's beautiful and there aren't any dinosaurs that eat boys named Craig there. No. Which is, I guess, a child way to understand an abuser. And then he takes the step that makes it a problem where he's like, we should go. The bus station's not far I may not have a million dollars, but I have enough to get us there. And then he grabs her hand and they start walking. Like yeah. he's like, let's go. And so that was he's where really it got bad. Gonna do the damn thing. And Joey pulls up just in time and he Angie rats him out and is like, yeah. Can daddy come too? <laughs> just in in the way that kids don't understand that something should be on the DL. <laughs> yeah. Which for good reason, uh Craig Joey should know that Craig Loki tried to abduct his daughter. Yeah, he is understandably upset. And he tells Craig to stay away from Angie and so and he's like, I can't do that. And here is where I really understood I it hit me why Angela and Craig are so close. Because their mother died. So yeah. they're kind of the only things they have left of their mother. Yeah, and this was after a divorce, right? Yeah, so it's like, a, I'm sure it's a lot more conscious for Craig that he mm-hmm. sees his mom in Angela. And Angela, you know, she lost her mom. And Craig's her brother. And, she hasn't, and she's young. She hasn't seen him in so long. So it makes sense why they're so close. It would have been cool to get Angela grown up. Yeah, instead of doing a Tory. Yeah. But um, 
in the which ne- is the character, not me. The character that <laughs> Alex Steele grows up to play. Um, in the next scene, uh, Craig is playing with two golf balls anxiously, just at the kitchen table of his home. And Albert comes home, and he's in a pretty good mood for a violent sociopath. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd like actually label him a sociopath, but a violent man with anger problems. I have to say, though, before we get into this next scene, he was wearing a good suit. It was a nice suit. He looked good. Well, he's business dad. Business the, dad. They he's... spent all their skill points in suits instead of empathy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so not funny. Oh. So he he he's like, you know what? It's okay. You had a long day. I've got videos and Chinese food. And he asks about the camera. Craig's like, you know what? I didn't end up getting it. The one I wanted was like $100 more. Yeah, he's like, it's okay. I'm business dad. I'm great at haggling, which actually he's a surgeon, but you know. (laughs) I mean, but you know, classic business dad, always working, never home, very cold. The Mm -hmm. TV trope business dad, TM. And and then the phone rings. And Tense Music immediately starts to play. As soon as Craig hears that it was Joey calling, he splits. He runs up the stairs, locks his door, starts packing a bag. Yeah, he's got two locks on the door, thankfully. And I I have to think maybe that was him. Yeah, well, and this is also, I I think Bruce's uh, horror directing really shows here. It was really tense and really scary. Yeah, this scene was terrifying. Uh, because and before that, he had been playing with the two golf balls and just kind of casually business dad picks up the, uh, like a golf club. I think it was like a wedge or something and he's just playing with it, you know, casually. Yeah. And so Craig is frantically packing a bag while talking on the phone to Sean, asking if he's free and towards the end of this conversation, Albert comes upstairs with a driver a golf club and he's like craig let me in and he starts beating the door down with a golf don't lock the doors in my house and he jumps from knocking on the door very hard to just jack torrencing it it's this scene was so scary and so but craig gets out the window yes and the next we see him he's walking with sean by the railroad tracks with his skateboard and the bag he packed Yep, and I'm a big fan of the Sean and Craig like storyline. Me they, too. I'm I glad like they them. found each other. And Sean is wearing a white tee and baggy jeans with like a silver chain. He looks really cool. Yeah, being all cool, and he's talking about how his dad's kind of crazy and his job stresses him out, kind of making excuses for him almost. Yeah, and. Then he says to Sean, well, I have this big wad of cash. I'm just going to like take to the streets. I'm going to... Thinking of going solo to BC. And Sean's like, that's a bad idea. Uh, the streets suck. You don't want to do yeah. that. Which I I got to think Sean's had similar thoughts and gone through similar stuff. But now Sean can't leave because, you know, the social worker will track him down. Like, it's a whole legal thing. Yeah, and things are kind of going pretty good for him. Like, he passed that exam Finally, and yeah, for once in his life. And Sean's like, nah, get get under Papa Bird's wing. Let me show you the way. And we don't hear an answer. Uh, oh, oh, we don't hear an answer to before the train comes. Sean is like, you know, you asked me if my parents hit me. Do your Does your dad hit you? And before he can answer, we hear the train. Craig gets distracted by the train and instead of acting like a a person who knows the dangers of trains, 
and is afraid of them in a healthy way. He just starts <laughs> <laughs> laughing a at the train. train fear. Healthy fear of train not present in Craig because he just starts laughing in a kind of an unhinged way, staring straight at the train. More killer suspense directing by my boy Bruce. Yeah, and Sean's like, get off the tracks, and he goes to pull him, and he shoves Sean down. The train's literally three feet away. We get the shot from behind Craig of the train coming up, and it was it was so close. Yeah, and Sean scrambles to get up and yells at him some more, and when he sees that Craig is not moving, he tackles him off the tracks just in time. His skateboard goes flying. Yeah, and we don't know if they made it. We just see the skateboard up in the air, and I've seen this episode, and for a second I was like, oh my god, they killed Craig right after they introduced (laughs) him. And Sean is rattled. He's like, dude, what the fuck was that? It takes a lot to rattle this kid. Yeah, and Craig, in response, runs away without his bag or his things. He just runs away. Yep, like a Craig. So we see Joey doing math flashcards with Angie at the kitchen table. Being a real good dad. And Sean and Emma run into the kitchen, and they tell Joey, they're like, Craig ran away, and it's he can't just go home. His dad beats him. He was playing chicken with the train. <laughs> and Joey's like, you can't just say people are beating their children. You know, you can't just say that. And But we finally get some of that, like, immediately ratting people out from Angie work in the plot's favor. Yeah, and it's so good that it was set up in a way where it's like sh- she does this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> And he, she's like, well, no, he was hurt. He told he he was all purple, and he said a dinosaur did it. And Joey is like, oh shit, this Snaps is for real. Into action, Joey for the win. Yeah, and Joey tells Emma to watch Angie while him and Sean are gonna go canvas the streets looking for Sean or looking for Craig. Yeah, and Emma gets a little Emma e. She's kind of snooping through photo albums. Still not. Looking through Craig's bag while he's gone, which it turns out to help, but I'm this is I don't the know most why Joey wouldn't thing. have thought of this. Yeah. Um, but she's looking through Craig's stuff when Joey calls and she's looking at a photo album and she sees like the graveyard and yeah. that his mom is dead and she's like, There's one more place that you should check. Yeah. They but I think been... Joey would have thought of that, you know, without her. But I don't think she did anything I think that bad this episode. We're just subconsciously wanting to remove Emma from the series as a whole. <laughs> yeah. So they. <laughs> this isn't funny. No- nothing in this storyline is funny, but I found this kind of fun. So okay. Joey and Sean approach Craig in the graveyard, and oh, Joey's yeah. like, Hey, Craig, like, are you all right? And he goes, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> The least fine way. The least fine way to I'm say. I'm fine. I'm fine. And um, he's like, Sean's a liar. And he he's basically mad that Sean like sold him out by telling an adult about this very adult yeah. situation. By telling someone he almost killed himself by train. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And Joey's like, you know, your dad hits you, doesn't he? And Craig is caught off guard. And then... On his face, I think we see relief that somebody knows, and he's like, yeah, "Yeah, he does," and he starts crying, and he hugs Joey, and it is heartwarming. Yeah, like Joey comes in big. Yeah, and I'm happy Craig finally has somebody helping him. Yeah, uh, and this isn't the first time uh, Joey's helped somebody uh, who's 
had some abuse going on in the home. And Degrassi, hi, he like took in one of his friends. Oh, true. Um, so Craig and Joey pull up to Craig's old house. Next we see them. And he says to Craig, Joey says to Craig, like, your dad knows that you're coming. He knows that I'm outside. Just get your stuff and we'll get out of here. And I, I'm a big fan of... Craig entering the house, his dad being like, oh, hey, Craig, come inside. And he looks out, and Joey's just power stanting yeah. by his hot-ass whip. And he looks like a fucking G.I. Joe. Like, <laughs> he does. <laughs> he's got, like, a muscle car, and his arms are crossed. <laughs> and inside, Albert tries to convince Craig to leave his stuff and just move back in. And Craig... With the emotional development that usually takes like 10 or 15 years in therapy to get over your parent abusing you like this, he says, he's, he says, you know what? I have three options, dad. I can go to children's aid. I'll stay with Joey while we sort this out. Or I can come back here and let you beat me. Like, and not that I think that's not good that he did that, but it's like that power dynamic where your parent is doing that to you that's terrifying you feel helpless and he stood up to his dad in like a day that's crazy good for craig but whoa the way i interpreted it was those were talking points that he and joey had like gone over and okay that's what i thought see that would make more sense because it's like wow like standing up to someone like that is hard to do and it's been like a day and like holy shit craig was doing as well as someone who is going through that can be expected to but that's still not like great he's not doing well he almost got hit by a train on purpose and then albert says i don't beat you and craig looks at him like motherfucker you know you fucking yeah and we see a look on Albert's face really quickly. I think he realizes for a second he's a piece of shit, but I don't think he's going to change. Yeah. Um, and then we freeze frame on Craig's face as him and Joey drive away. Yeah, and some of the stuff that Albert was saying before that kind of surprised me because he called once again. He says, you're just like your mom. Which why? Because he left because you beat them. That kind of makes sense. Because I assume sense. that's yeah. why the mother left. But it's hard. it was probably hard for her to get custody because he's a surgeon. Yeah, and that is kind of the cap on that little mom thread. Yeah, I... Over, overall, that part of this double parter was heart-wrenching. It was very well done, and it made me sad. <laughs> And it also didn't feel like, oh, it's a new season, so we're just going to shoehorn this character in. It like it made sense in the world, and it it explained who he was and where he was coming from and the shit he was going through that actually really did affect characters we yeah. already knew. And he developed relationships with a couple of characters that are meaningful, and I'm excited to see develop. Yeah. So after that, that was pretty um, heavy. Yeah. Let's let's get into our B plot that was going on this yeah. whole time. And if you haven't watched Degrassi, just imagine that all that seriousness was broken up by just a fun, loving, just silly plot. Sitcom dating plot. So 
JT is excited about the hot, sexy, older women now that Degrassi Community School is both a middle school and a high school. And he they're waiting to make him into a man, he says. Yeah, he didn't get less horny over the summer. If anything, it got worse. <laughs> so, And that was on their way into school on the first day of school. Yeah, Toby's like, what, are you looking for a new babysitter? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so next we see Spinner and Jimmy. Spinner, um, they're sitting in the hall with coffee cups. I don't know if there's coffee in those. In high school, sometimes I would put chocolate milk in those and bring them to school. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Spinner's looking good. Yeah, Spinner is lamenting that high school's four more years in prison. I, I don't know if he says that, but that was the vibe. Yeah. And Spinner's lost his baby fat, and Jimmy looks a little older, too. Everybody looks a little older this season. And uh, they call Sean a monkey when he walks by. Yeah, they're talking about how the school got, like, um, there's middle schoolers and high schoolers, and they're like, this place is a zoo. And then Jimmy's like, oh, and here's one of the monkeys. And they, him and Jimmy exchange a tense glance, Sean and Jimmy do. That hasn't gotten any better either, apparently. (laughs) So in Miss Kwan's class, they're discussing the merging of the high school and middle school. And Liberty is worried about the grapevine and student council and how she's going to be in charge. Hey, Liberty girlfriend. Yeah, (laughs) Um, that that Liberty. Yeah, she's worried about um, the announcements in the grapevine just going away. Because of the school, she's panicking. And uh, we see JT and Toby again discussing older women. That's their whole thing this episode. And Sean walks in late and Miss Kwan says, I'll see you after class. And she continues saying that they might have to share lockers because of the schools combining. Yeah, I noticed Sean sat next to Emma and she didn't, didn't react to it really at all. Yeah. I didn't notice that. I was no. taken. And they're... Covering Pontypool changes everything. Which JT another and Toby. plug for uh, Bruce McDonald's zombie film. Yep, they had done their, a book report on it, but um, that's the movie Pontypool that Bruce McDonald directed. So I guess Miss Qu- it's in Miss Kwan's curriculum mm-hmm. now. And JT and Toby are talking in the hall after class, and uh, Manny and Emma are giving them shit for sharing a locker. <laughs> yeah, uh, which we don't see any more fallout from yet i don't know if we get any more yeah, they that. say it it'll either like bring them closer together or destroy their friendship Which, says why, Emma. Would, <laughs> why would anybody share locker with jt he's a hoarder confirmed yeah. hoarder i how bad is the situation where jt can't get his own like biohazard zone <laughs> and terry hazel and Paige walk by looking like like the girl group that i wish i had when yeah. i was like their age and Paige is wearing a butterfly crop top. She looks great. And we hear that her evil parents are insisting she clean out the garage for cash because she needs some money to get her hair done. Paige's first moment during this season is Terry being like, Paige, your hair is fine. And Paige goes, fine? I have a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> And it looks, Terry's right, it looks fine. <laughs> it do, it doesn't look like a mullet at all. Yeah, she needs $80 to fix her already fixed hair. <laughs> but she has 50 and she just needs 30 more. Hmm, where's she going to get that, I wonder? And she, she's walking in the hall and she's like, someone in the group says, hello, child labor. 
And Craig hears and says, you know, there are laws against that. And Paige turns around and says, thanks, Mystery News at five. Oh, can we please just group together all the page burns and at the end of one of these seasons, just rank them? Because That would be good. She's got some good ones. That'll be, that could be some fun end of season two fodder. Yeah, we, we need some fun at the end of this. So then yeah. Ashley approaches the group. And she's like, I tried to call you guys. What's up? <laughs> All summer. <laughs> and Paige and Hazel just walk away. And Terry consoles Ashley. Best friend ever. Yeah. Of anyone. And Terry's like, give them time. I'm sure they'll... And Ashley is just immediately combative. She hasn't had a friend all summer. <laughs> and she starts with, forgive and forget? <laughs> so, yeah, she hasn't gotten better either. <laughs> no, and I, this is unimportant, but at the end of scene the scene they were hanging like a big paper mache whale <laughs> in the foyer it doesn't come up again but i don't know if i'm gonna watch out for the whale see if it see if that was just like something the extras were doing to make the scene seem busy or if there's actually a whale up yeah if there have been like a dance being planned or anything but nope first day of school get the paper mache whale up we it's a grassy we need that <laughs> And so we're in the computer lab after school with JT and Toby, and Toby is showing JT something called the Isaac system, mm-hmm. and it's to find his perfect match. And so when the screen pops up, it says the Isaac system established by Toby W. Isaacs, Esquire. I don't think you've been to law school, Toby. Yeah. What? <laughs> Excuse me? Also, uh, Toby says that Terry is his match because she's older, pretty, and breathing. Exactly your type. Yeah. Uh, confirmed non-necrophiliac. Good job, JT. Which, like, I... So I paused on the stats he was basing, yes. like, these things off of. I didn't get all of it or the percentage match for JT and Terry. Uh, it was, like, 0. 0.03 for Paige and JT. Yep. Uh, But the scores that, I don't know what these are based off of, besides the one, the scores Terry had, I don't agree with. And we get more canon, Toby can't spell, um, (laughs) because the categories are grade, homeroom, cool factor, cute factor, nice factor, says hi. And factor, every single time, is spelled with an E-R. That's so <laughs> Toby cannot spell confirmed. Also, it says hi. Is it says hi to Toby? Because these. I'll, no, I'll get to that. Okay. So grade nine, homeroom, nine F Simpson, which is weird to keep track of where people are. Yeah. Uh, cool factor is a four. Terry's pretty fucking cool. She's in Cute BMS. factor six. Nice factor 10. So we know this is on a scale of 10. Yeah. And she, she is, is very nice, but like. I don't know. Why is her cool factor of four? And it says, says hi, seven out of 10 times. So I guess that's times he times he has said hi to her in the hall or something. And she said hi back. Okay. So we have to assume Toby did this for most dating options. Which, is this what he did with his summer? This is maniacal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so JT says he needs a challenge and he wants Paige. And I couldn't see any of her stats besides that JT and Paige were a 0. .03 match. What was it? Toby is like, uh, you have a 0.03% chance of scoring with. And then JT drops his skinny director glasses and says, 
Paige Michaelchuk. Come to Papa. <laughs> Ew. And so the next day at school, JT is saying to Toby, Project Paige has officially begun. <laughs> and he goes to walk up to Paige and Hazel and they say, look, it's gross and grosser. Looks like gross wants a word with you. <laughs> <laughs> Which, one more for the Paige Michaelchuk list of burns. <laughs> and... Paige says, I wish you'd go back to your girlfriend over there and leave me alone. Referencing Toby. Yeah. And uh, I can't argue he does in this because Toby's filming, I guess. Was he? He's got this. Apparently, the Isaac system is portable because he's walking around with like a backpack with this ball on the end that looks like a camera. That's so weird. Yeah. Toby, do less. What did I say last week? Just do less, Toby. A a fraction of this would get you so. And JT's response to like dating a girl is to talk like Chaucer, I guess, (laughs) because he walks up to Paige and he's like, you're looking absolutely radiant today may i carry your bag madam yeah it wasn't great (laughs) it wasn't the best thing he could have said and he gets rejected and toby calls him an inspiration and jt says page will be mine Mm -hmm. so the next scene toby says according to the isaac system you and page never gonna happen (laughs) and JT retorts, which I thought was very good. Is that the same system that got you Emma last year? (laughs) (laughs) Low blow, JT. Yeah, it's Spinner. Hazel and Paige walk by, and JT stops Paige, and she says to Spinner and Hazel before she turns around, I need a restraining order. And she (laughs) says, what? And uh, JT just puts it out there, and I respect him for this. He just... He's like, look, do you want to go out? Just go on one date. And she shoots him down again. Yeah, and they all laugh at him. And Paige is embarrassed he even asked. Uh, and Spinner calls him a knob. Yeah, Hazel floats the idea uh, that they should find Paige's price for going out with Frodo, uh, as she calls JT. Mm-hmm. And she preys on Paige. I liked this. I liked seeing Hazel pull the strings for once. She pre- preyed on Paige's need for money to get her hair done. She's like... But what if we could get you to do this embarrassing thing you don't want to do for some money that I know you need? (laughs) Fine if you'd rather uh, clean out the garage and then Spinner talks about earwigs again because he's the expert. (laughs) Yeah, he is an expert in earwigs. And Paige agrees to $30 cash. Yep, and that's the last scene of that we get in part one. Part two, uh, we get JT and Toby in the cafeteria line talking about Paige again, and Paige and Spinner walk up, and JT is stunned that she is voluntarily talking to him. And Paige is very um, clear about the terms of them going out. She's like, uh, movie, meal, five o'clock sharp at the mall. <laughs> and you're paying. Yep. <laughs> and they're stunned, but thrilled, JT and Toby are. And we see Paige greet JT at the mall, and she's late. And then we don't see them again until after yeah, the movie. She and also at the food court. shows up with the hoodie, hood up, and sunglasses, and the hoodie drawstring drawn as tight as possible. <laughs> well, she can't be seen with JT. Yeah, she also looks like she has some sort of sun condition, <laughs> like. <laughs> So Paige and JT are in the food court after the movie, and it looks like he got her a little bear, 
and he Very tells cute. her a joke. She does not laugh at the joke. And uh, the the setup was like, "Hey, can I tell you a joke? Just don't be upset, all right?" And it's like, "Me upset at a joke," which is very funny. And yeah, the joke is, "What kind of drink do cheerleaders like?" Root beer. Very funny. Very funny. And she didn't laugh, obviously. And she tells him her own joke. Uh, did you write her joke down? Yeah, I thought uh, it was funny. Uh, and I forget the actual name but it's a school i think it's north point and what's the difference between a north point cheerleader and a bag of trash and uh bags of trash get taken out more often which i thought was pretty good that's a very page joke and they both laugh and they're still they're having a good time laughing when spinner and hazel walk up wearing sunglasses like they're like the the secret service or something (laughs) busted and Spinner says, wet dream time is over. Let's go. And like puts her cash on the table. Which doesn't exactly make sense. Is JT supposed to be asleep? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe she didn't uh, use the hypodermic needle that they gave her. So (laughs) JT says, you got paid to go out with me. And Paige says, sue me. And then that's, she leaves. And that's the end of that. Yep. So Monday at school. Paige Michael Chuck. Yeah, Monday at school, Paige finds JT and apologizes, tells him he's, he was a good date, and yeah. if he wasn't 5'1", and of subterranean social status, she would consider going out she with him. She is uncharacteristically guilty. She she's, w- a sh- she's like, sorry, I only date up. And JT weirdly is like, I get that. <laughs> yeah, and she he asks for a kiss and she gives him one and they start like a a nice little friendship jt's cheese it's very cute so that's the end of our storylines for the episode i did have a a couple things i wanted to talk about um as far as like the end cutting things out yeah go off son so this is the first <laughs> instance of abuse in the next generation. The end trimmed down the dark room scene. Um, I'm not sure how much they trimmed it down. Uh, it was pretty horrifying in the DVD version. Yeah. And when the end aired this episode, the scene where Craig uh, almost killed himself with the train, it was removed. And the guys are shown talking on the tracks. And after Sean asks craig if his dad hits him it like abruptly cuts to craig running away and sean yelling at him weird because they just didn't want to show that i guess yeah also weird to think that they were saving the ashley ecstasy episode for after all this stuff yeah that's (laughs) crazy to me yeah we'd rather see craig just get beat on than see drugs in action apparently yeah and i think that was um we had two deleted scenes. One was an extensive long cut of them uh, grooving. What was it? Taking care of business. Taking care That's of business. That's what they were doing at the barbecue. And yep. Joey had a tie around his head. And we get another deleted scene of a longer extended scene of Albert beating the door with the golf club, which was also still very scary. Yeah, we didn't. I felt like it was suspenseful enough with what we got. So who do you think did whatever it takes this week uh this was tough and i think i might have like the most genuine answer i've had so far okay and that was joey he did yeah Yeah. he did a lot at first he's protecting his child 
<laughs> Angie. Yeah. Obviously, her creepy uh, sibling, half sibling. I think there's full siblings. Uh, no, they're half siblings because they don't have the same dad. They just have the same mom. Okay, okay. So she he's protecting Angie from getting kidnapped and getting her crept on, you know. And then when he realizes it's a full situation, he just snaps into action like full action hero he's like emma you stay here sean we're looking for craig and then he gets him out of the house immediately it's it was great to watch yeah i would agree with that yeah and up to this point joey hasn't it he's just been kind of just a weirdly intense guy who has emotional problems (laughs) so it's nice to actually see him as a character yeah so who, who do you think did whatever it takes? I think Toby did. Oh, yeah? Um, <laughs> so, you know how we say we don't always morally agree or necessarily agree in general with what the person True. that did whatever it takes is doing? We just look at the I facts. I think Toby is doing whatever he think it takes to get a girlfriend and none of it's working because he's doing too much. <laughs> he's carrying around a computer system in, t- in 2002 in his backpack yeah. Trying to catalog dating statistics. Like, he's doing whatever it takes. But he needs to ask himself, what is this whatever it takes to do? What am I trying to <laughs> accomplish? Like, am I trying to write a thesis statement on middle school dating patterns? Or am I trying to get a fucking girlfriend? He's he's doing whatever. Full stop. Like... <laughs> whatever so next week we cover episodes three and four of season two girls just want to have fun and karma chameleon um and i these shouldn't be as intense yeah it should be a more fun episode thank god because that was very enjoyable in the way that you know saving private ryan is (laughs) (laughs) these are the episodes we were afraid of yep and there's more this season don't worry i'm not not afraid still (laughs) (laughs) but next week it'll be a little lighter um just the same i enjoyed this week very much and uh thank you for listening bye hey Hey. Hey. Hey.